0: Welcome to the Angel Investors Network podcast, the first national angel group founded online in 1997, dedicated to perpetuating free enterprise, capitalism, and supporting the American dream. In addition, Angel Investors Network is the organization behind the powerful Mastermind Investment Club, dedicated to harnessing the philosophy of a mastermind to increase success with their investment portfolio. Cliff Locks is a serial entrepreneur with three successful exits and an angel investor. On the podcast, Cliff brings together the most successful privately held companies in America to share with you how they grow their businesses, and you can too. And now, here's your host, Cliff Locks. I'd like to welcome Z Ban, CEO of Contactually, to Angel Investors Network podcast. Your company's enjoyed some great growth. Let me share a few highlights. Z-Ban is the CEO and founder of Contactually, which he started in 2011. Contactually is one of the fastest growing companies on the Inc. 5000 list and is listed at 513. He's raised $17.8 million in investors funds. You're active in the Washington, D.C. tech community. Contactually is a software service company that has grown rapidly with its amazing growing and dynamic team. z says his team loves strong coffee, the latest technology, strange internet memes, and accomplishing great things through better, stronger relationships. Kunt actually is a leader in the business software area. Z and his team early on recognized software as something people are forced to use, not enjoy using. There is a challenge. Z knew there needed to be a change so the team doesn't design its software products to fit into an existing mold. They design it to help people with their work. Zeve created a collaborative and office environment. His space ensures the team thrives and does great work. The end result, Contactually is rapidly growing. It's a learning organization that constantly is seeking to do better for their customers, the products, their team, and investors. I'm looking to learn more about Contactually, which is rated very well. It is an amazing software company and it simplifies and automated personal communications with an extensive loyal network of real estate agents using the software with one click. Users can connect their email accounts and contactually automatically sync the contacts and communication history, which makes it really easy to stay in touch with contacts and build a robust referral network. Z please tell our listeners how contactually identifies past clients, and others and the users, contacts fear of influence and prioritizes those relationships with them. I'm hearing users in the real estate business are seeing 42% increases in gross commission income. That's huge. Thank you. Uh,
1: thank you for that incredibly uh, powerful introduction. Uh, so yeah, Contact who's founded on this idea that relationships are our most important asset. And if it really is an asset, then we need to build and maintain that asset you know, so the way that contact works is we're automatically aggregating and pulling in all of your relationships into one place from email, social media, phone, calendar, et cetera, um, helping you identify who's important as well as who's not important. And then from there, um, helping you stay in touch and stay relevant to the relationships that are going to be most important for your career. So that in a nutshell is what contact has um, been doing.
0: Z, how would you get started?
1: Contactually is founded on, based on my personal career journey. I should honestly not be here today. I'm an introverted software developer by trade, but early on in my career, I, I happened on this you know amazing discovery that you know sounds pretty obvious to anyone listening, but you know that. Who I knew, but more importantly, who knew me, was this incredibly powerful tool. I knew I could you know, have the opportunity to, to leverage, to be able to grow my business. And that's exactly what I did. At the same time, I kind of saw that, you know, our human mind isn't necessarily trained and ready to be able to better build these relationships. And so that's where the core idea behind Contactually came about is how could software help us build and maintain relationships? So started working on the prototype in July of 2011. You know, started toying around with it more and more. Got the first offer for funding in October 2011 and it was at that point we said, "Hey, this is no longer, you know, just a little prototype that I'm playing with on the side. This actually has the opportunity to be a real company." The rest mm-hmm. is history.
0: Very, very exciting. I mean, it's just an amazing career. I'm in the midst of trying to sell my house and I'm going to ask my potential real estate agent, if they're using contactually at this point, and awesome. make an introduction for your team. Help me a little bit. What do you like most about the work that you're doing now?
1: Yeah, it's a really uh, it's a really good question. For me, I, I've i really done you know, soul searching over the years to really understand what motivates me and what gets me out of bed. I'm a builder. I'm a Lego kid turned software developer, and now actually is kind of you know, something I'm focused on building. So what it excites me. What do I enjoy doing is I love the act of seeing actually build up every day and have the ability to influence it. Nowadays, you know, as CEO, um, I spend most of my time outside the company, doing sales and relationship building. And that's something I've come to love. You know, I, I love building relationships nowadays, and then seeing those relationships and seeing those friendships turn into amazing business relationships for the company.
0: That's exciting. So you think about it, you know, you start out, you know, as a tech individual and you morphed into a wonderful sales CEO mentor, you know, to your team. The outside, the industry has recognized your software very, very heavily at this point, making a positive contribution. You know, what are some of the factors responsible for your success?
1: I mean, I think you know, there's, um, and I attribute like any number of things to their success, as well as, you know, a number of things that, you know, may have even held us back. I think there are a core, if I boil it down to like core principles, I think there are a few things that have been um, instrumental to our success. I think one, first and foremost, is fundamental, just you know, basic thing of just surviving every day. And I really do say surviving because persistence and constant execution, and no matter what happens, no matter how we fail, we still come in the next day and keep pushing forward. That has been really, really important for us. I think you know, we could have, you know, thrown in the towel at any point in time, and probably should have. But we kind of said, like, no, we're going to keep going, having beginner's mentality, and always, you know, no matter how experienced we may think we may be, how much we think we may know the answer, we still always make sure we're open-minded to kind of you know get the best uh, information possible. And last but not least, um, I do think you know I think there's uh, there's definitely a big part of it. You know, that can be attributed to building an amazing, amazing team culture. I think, you know, that my job today is not to build the product anymore or even to build the company anymore. It's to build the team that builds the company.
0: Excellent. You've done some amazing growing, you know, as an individual and the company's coming along right with you. Right. I've had the privilege of building three companies with successful exits. What you're sharing reflects, you know, really highly on what I've done on my end to see the early days are not easy. It's the entrepreneurship that's sitting in us. And then as you reflect back and you're building and removing obstacles for your team members at this point and bringing forth and sharing, it's a wonderful opportunity to continue to scale and build. The addressable market is very, very large. It's global for you.
1: Yeah. And what I think uh, most people don't really fully realize, especially when starting out, that, you know, again... You, know, you as a successful entrepreneur definitely uh, you know, see and agree with is you know how much of a mental gain. You, know, you all have the highest highs and lowest lows in the same day and nothing will change. It really does come down to just, you know it's a battle of your own mind. You know, you're your best cheerleader and you're also your worst critic.
0: Very positive. Well, you're self-reflecting, which is very, really good at this point. It can be tough sometimes on us, but it works. What is the best advice you've ever received?
1: I would say some of the best advice I ever received, the one piece of advice I ever received is early on when I was just getting started, the, the very first investor who ended up investing in us, he sat me down and, you know, what I knew about World War II history. And obviously, like, I know basics, right? You know, um, I think it's hard, hard not to know. He kind of he described and kind of gave, you know, told me a story um, about how they end up like hunting u-boats right about the u-boat uh, famous u-boat hunters uh in world war Two, and their job you know of the captain what they had to do is they were obviously out at sea and they'd be receiving all sorts of signals from all over the place you know a fisherman sighting you know sighting what they thought was a periscope flyovers and sonar and spy reports and Other kind of data point. Oftentimes, it was conflicting with each other. It all be each pie itself wouldn't necessarily be that useful. But when he pieced it together, they'd be able to say, "All right, this is where we're going to go bomb because this is where we think the U boat is." And he related that story and said, "You know, the job of you know a CEO of a startup is essentially the same thing. You know, you will be getting." tons of advice and signals all day long you know customers churning new customers adding advice from the market journals coming to you employees uh, employees with issues and questions and things like that and the important thing is to not be so in reactive mode that you're reacting and getting whiplash from every single thing happening but your job is to take all those data points and then figure out pieces together figure out which ones matter and which ones don't and then from there plot a path forward and that's been very important because that means everything i get is merely a data point but it's also a data point so that allows me to help understand you know as best as i can you know what's going on based on these you know random pieces of things and it also you know has helped prevent me from overreacting to one customer complaint for example
0: very good so you're getting You know, sometimes it's noisy and at that point you got to filter it and then you utilize, you know, your years of experience and your team at this point to help come through with a concise type of plan that you can share a vision with the team and they go out and they can execute it. And then I'm assuming you're a positive individual and you give out a lot of positive reinforcement to your team looking to catch people doing the right thing at the right time. Yep. You know, to me, that's fun too. What's the best advice you've ever given?
1: Best advice I've ever given. I probably have to say it's still something I've received that I then pass on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes back to our point earlier. It was someone who, you know, raising uh, raising the first round of contactually, first time entrepreneur. I, I mean, I was just miserable. It was incredibly challenging, and I was stressed out all the time and not enjoying anything about this and wondering what I, what, what I was doing here thinking, yeah, we are going to fail. And it took um, a more experienced advisor of mine to literally just sit me down one day and said, Sweet, just have fun. Excellent. And That is something that I it, it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, wow, you're right. You know, it's I here doing something I'm so passionate about, I love like, I should be having fun doing this. And that's really helped kind of structure my my thinking. And now, Obviously, like, you know, know from the experience, it can be an incredibly miserable, lonely, sad, challenging, scary time, dot, 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 if you let it. And I think the important thing that I always try and tell people who are, you know, maybe in the doldrums, you know, just kind of say, hey, just, you know, just have fun, right? You know, Mm -hmm. this should be fun. This should be enjoyable. This should be exciting and engaging. I still have to tell myself that every day.
0: I think it's very, very important what you're sharing. You know, I have a mentor, Brian Tracy, uh, that has been uh, very benevolent on providing what I consider best practices. And he's got audio tapes and you you just Google YouTube and goals and and Brian Tracy and it comes up, you know, you go through five or six of those YouTubes and it's amazing the freshness, the uniqueness that you have that you bring forth because you have the skill sets. It's just a matter of believing in yourself and going out and executing. And like you're suggesting, if you're going to go out there and execute it, you go with a smile and just go out and do it, you know, make it look easy to the outside world. There is no excuses. Just go out. Having fun, I think, is really, really important for the team. And I see, I've see, i seen some photos of you and your team together, and you really have this camaraderie that's really rich, that's sustainable, and allows you to continue to scale and still keep, I think, you're, your very, very positive beliefs on what the company should be. To continue as you you know you're gonna may have a middle management at some point in time you know as you keep adding headcount territory gets larger if you can go out globally I'm proud of you man what's working for you to attract more business now
1: I think you know, there are two key things I think it's the intersection of both I mean one is best thing in, in especially in this day and age you know isn't any one digital marketing technique or lead gen or website or website tactic or anything like that having a really great product and having the social proof from it and i really think social proof is the most important thing these days because anyone can you know drive traffic anyone can build a landing page anyone can tell a story and put together pretty screenshots but you know it'll be actual real customers you know people that we've driven success with built a relationship with who say hey I personally have seen value in, in and working with the Kentucky team. And I'm going to drive that even still at this day, you know, we're nearing, you know, eight figures in revenue. Mm-hmm. And uh, we still, our biggest source of traffic is still direct and referral traffic, which yes. is just still just crazy for us. I think that's been important. The second is that, you know, PR, PR and content, you know, that basically amp takes that message and amplifies it.
0: You know, you're very sophisticated on your mode of going out into the marketplace and there's churn inside the real estate business. Not everybody's going to make it in that business. There's some real rock stars and some folks that are growing and maturing and learning. I think it's a great industry. I think they're providing very, very important service. The millennials, you know, hopefully they have the cash flow to continue to go forward. And they're going to, I think the real estate agents are going to be able to hold their hand a little bit to help them a little bit with the math to make sure it works well for the millennial community so they can buy, you know, home ownership. Condos, I think it's right there. Uh, It's an ecosystem, you know. And you guys have this wonderful software that makes it easier for the agent to just do a wonderful job and actually run their side of the business versus you know the business running them. So it's turning it around, and I think you're making it. The software allows them to have fun, you know, within their business and enjoy the the meeting of individuals and maintaining their database. But really, it's all about relationships at the end of the day. What are some of the most common mistakes you see clients making?
1: Core issue that we have, and you know, I see this in the real estate industry. I see this in the other industries we serve, and I see this in general. Is I think we fall victim to the tyranny of the urgent, and I think you know we obviously like this is something even we face in our business, right? So focused on this month's sales or this quarter's pipeline that you know we don't spend as much time thinking about, hey, what's going to drive us the best business and the best opportunities three years from now, right? I see this in real estate. You know, I see this in, geo you and know, humanity. Like we're so, you know, we're so geared towards focusing on urgent and responding to the email at the top of our inbox or the push notification that we just got in that we need to swipe right on that we often lose track of things that will drive our business for long term. And I think, you know, the best professionals I've seen in any industry, and especially applicable in real estate, are the people who are focused and coming in and focused on the long-term and on the marathon,
0: not just the sprint. I think that's really, really important. Urgent versus strategic. And exactly. I mean, you know, and it's right there at this point. So the individuals have to make its maturity, you know, and experience. What's going to run your life at this point? Are you in control? Or are you going to let the outside, you know, urgency actually control you. And I have those discussions with some of the folks that I coach, you know, guys, you know, you're responsible for what's going on. You can take the leadership position. It doesn't point the finger at other people. You know, you own it. And again, as you said earlier, have fun. At that point, it turns things around in a positive way. How do you solve some of those problems? In other words, you realize you're the CEO of the company. You know, you're really tasked with thinking visionary at least a year, three and five years out, but you got the day-to-day It's
1: strategy and planning, I think, is the most important thing. I mean, one of the more fundamental things I've gotten into practice of is separating strategy from execution. And I I really mean that even just minutely in my day-to-day, you know, every week on sunday night you know when my mind isn't thinking about work i'll kind of plan out saying hey what can i do that will best benefit the company this week every morning when my mind is fresh before i start responding to email i'll put together my task list for the day you know, and then even for the business, uh, my co-founder and I, we set aside long periods of time where we say, hey, not just like how are things going right now, what could we be doing right now to benefit the business in the future? And We dedicate that time specifically because otherwise, could, if all we we're doing was just kind of, you know, going by whatever meeting is in our calendar or responding to whatever's coming inbound, you know, get quickly locked into doing just responding to whatever's being thrown at us.
0: So you're actually getting together with your co-founder and you're doing strategy meetings off location. Exactly. Okay, I salute you. Best practices. There's no question. You're doing some great things. Those beatings are, you know, insightful and fun at the same time because you guys built a sustainable, wonderful organization. Really important to that real estate age and that particular community. You did some things very early that you did right. You know, think about it. Think about the growth and how fast you've grown in such a short period of you know, time. I mean, the early days, I understand it was hard. We'll help people do some raises and you know, they don't have sales of a million dollars and it's hard to friends and family would suggest or early investors. Once your ARR annual recurring revenue is over a million dollars, it opens up additional opportunities to do the raises. You know, how'd you grow so fast?
1: Yeah, we definitely have taken advantage of it, investor capital, as you mentioned, you okay. definitely raised, you know, millions, of uh, millions of capital and deployed that towards sales and marketing. I think it came from just initially investing really heavily in our product. And then continuing early on, especially as you're serving early adopters, they need to see that constant drumbeat of new features and new functionality because that excites them, that shows them that like, oh, wow, this isn't a product that I am using just for what it has today, but a product I'm investing in because they're investing in this for tomorrow. And that really has been been, um, helpful for us. As I mentioned, you know, this constant drumbeat of constant improvement and always bringing it every single day allows us to throw a lot of spaghetti against the wall, see what works and start doubling down on the things that, you know, we're working better than others.
0: I'm assuming you have a user group, may have been the beta, very benevolent to your team to share what they're learning on their end to improve the product. That communication, how does that flow from the individual's, the user group? to your team so you can consider those increased opportunities to fulfill some additional needs?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's still something we struggle with, you know, and have from there early on. I mean, we definitely try and be as customer-centric as possible. Um, I-, I credit Everything we've built in contextually to uh, users telling us about it and kind of suggesting things. Now, you know, as it scales, you know, now that we have, you know, tens of thousands of users look at trends, like where are we getting a lot of customer support tickets for? Or when people are churning, you know, what are they saying? And then we also have a a group of kind of more innovative users that, you know, we're throwing features in front of and kind of you seeing what they think, you know, understanding what, what their needs
0: are, things like that. Very, very cool. This brings back some memories in my early days of career. I was a quality assurance. I'll date myself. I realized we were writing in COBOL in those days, even though some of the legacy systems in our Fortune 500 companies were still running on COBOL. <laughs> wow. It was pretty wild. But I had six programmers, in essence, reporting to me. They were the programmers. But again, I was out there actually talking to the customers to make sure the software. In those days, it was a you know, ledger, accounts receivable, accounts payable putting the pagination program to the New York Times together. So, you know, how much editorial, how many ads, put the page together. It was the users that helped drive all this to make it very seamless for them. What I love about your fine product, you got dashboards. It's very easy to communicate. You're proactive. The calendaring is wonderful. It's just a privilege to see how software has improved so substantially where it's seamless at this point. It doesn't matter what the device is. you know, You're on the computer at home, you got a tablet, you got a smartphone, and everything is just Synchronized together and it's just one platform, and you can just manage your business that way. What type of growing pains did you encounter and you know how did you deal with them? growing rapidly attributed to
1: there are kind of two things that we've done um, and it comes down to essentially like I would say the over eagerness. And lack of focus uh, we that we suffer from especially early on. For example, early on product, you know, there's this concept of building a minimum viable product. Mm-hmm. You know, if you believe, if your grand vision is to build a car, first thing you want to do is test out if people would buy a skateboard. And then, you know, if that works, you'll know, upgrade the skateboard to a bicycle, okay? And then see if people want that. Then a scooter and then a and then you know, kind of a car. Um, instead we said, Hey, meaning you'll know, focus on simple basic functionality, prove it out, see if people in general are looking like, for example, move around the city or not, and then move up from there. Instead, we said, hey, here are all the features that we think need to happen inside of Contactually, and we built basically the ones of all of those. Essentially what we did, instead of building a skateboard, We built a car with four flat tires, three, you know, three broken windows, you know, that would only turn left and not turn right. Right. You know, so we built a lot of functionality that worked enough for people to say, Hey, I I really like this, but didn't necessarily work that well. We accrued, you know, what's called a lot of product debt. And so we had to invest very heavily in trying to reduce that product debt over the years and that's something we still kind of fight with even you know a little bit today You know, there's still kind of this attitude that you know can actually quote is buggy or at least was you know, and we established that reputation so i think you know a lot of our early mistakes were being kind of over eager and you know not taking it slow and again treating this as a marathon not a sprint
0: I mean, you learned. I mean, it's really, really exciting. I mean, the ticketing system and the automation there does, you know, provide you the data sets and dashboard to see where things are, you know, where the improvements can come. The tools are wonderful now, you know, the waterfall methodology to be able to code and make small improvements, push it out. Everybody's on the same, you know, SaaS platform at that point. So, you know, I see folks, you know, even QuickBooks and others that are utilizing that program, you know, they may be using a desktop version, but they may be supporting five different versions of that, you know, each one being a different year versus, you know, a SaaS platform, it's one version of the software. You know, yes, you have one for the Mac, one for the Windows, you know, environment. So hopefully that makes it easier on the team consistency. Yep, you absolutely. Know, I ask one question, you know, from all my guests. Looking back, what would you do differently?
1: If I boil it down, I'd say focus. Focus has been a uh, an incredibly powerful tool that I think you know, we did not take enough advantage of early on and you know meaning i much earlier would have focused on industry i would have okay. focused our feature set we would have focused our marketing tactics if i were to go back and do one thing you know it would probably be a little bit more around that
0: focus is everything i mean that's where the profitability become an expert in a field and the the funds flow you know, we know we can't be everything to everybody, so I think that's a wonderful way to look at things. And the passion you, know, you and the team bring forth to really help an industry that really needs your tool set is just phenomenal. Tell our listeners how they can contact you to continue the conversation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm very easy to find. Actually, if you just search for... Contact and actually, if they had a baby, it'd be Contactually. com. My name is Zvi Band, first name is Zvi, last name Band, like rock band. I am very easy to find online. Uh, of course, there's only one Zvi Band out there.
0: Very, very positive. You've reached the end of another episode of the Angel Investors Network podcast. Please feel free to contact me, Cliff Locks, on LinkedIn dot com. We've been serving the needs of high net worth investors in an entrepreneur since 1997. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer.